Oh yeah, that's the other thing, that's right? Yeah, that's series. the other thing. You need people that are role models, basically. That's right. Right? In exactly. life, we all need role models. Today, I am pleased to say I have a friend from long, long ago. We're getting to know each other now. We were in the same business, dealing in different parts of it for a while, and I didn't realize he's going to tell us a little bit about that today. So without going any further, I want to introduce Mike. Mike, good morning. Do you like to be called Mike or Michael? Uh, either, either one's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Right. My mom calls me Michael, my friends call me Mike. Right, because sometimes parents do this. When they're mad at you, they might use the whole version. Yeah. And when they love you, they might call you something else, you know. So. Well, you know, the name Michael apparently was the most popular name in the year that I was born. So my mom always tells me how she'd be in the supermarket and calling for me. In those days, you could run around without parental... Where were, and, you, uh, where were you born, though? I was born in, in New York, and I grew up in South Jersey, near Philadelphia, right outside wow. of Philly. Yeah. So do you have siblings? Two brothers. Uh, we're all two years apart. Uh, are you the I'm oldest? I'm the oldest, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what are your younger ones? Are they, did they follow in your footsteps, any of them here in Japan? Uh, none of them are in Japan. One of them just went back on Sunday after a visit, first time in 27 years that he's been here. He was here for your birthday? He, he was not here for my birthday, but he was here for uh, a lot of celebration during the time that he was here. Uh, yeah. So you guys grew up pretty close. Two years apart, that means you could stay pretty close. We are all, we grew up close, a little too close, you know, a lot of fighting in the house. You know, my mom, she's a saint. Uh, she had to deal with three boys. She always wanted a girl. She kept trying and one didn't come <laughs> out. So uh, yeah, it was it was tough for her because we were so close. We're, we're, my brothers and I are even today really close, but there's always a lot of rivalry and a lot of a lot of jabbing. We're from Jersey, you know, so there's a lot of jabbing as you talk there. Dad and mom were they together the whole time? My dad and mom were together the whole time. My They're dad still passed away. Now? My dad passed away a few years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, too. No. my mom's doing well, 85, and uh, yeah, she's doing well. Smart woman. Well, that's good she's actually. Nice. I'm very proud of my mom. She's a very smart. Uh, educator, she's on the board of, even at 85, she's on the, the uh, board of education of New Jersey, even today, appointed right? by the governor. Yeah, and she's amazing. Let me see this. You could look in this camera right here and mm -hmm. say, hey, mom. Hey, mom. mom. <laughs> You're wonderful, mom. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So tell me, growing up, what kind of kid were you? Were you more academic or were you more sports-minded? Uh, I was, I, I liked academics, but I found it. I don't want to sound arrogant, but it was kind of easy for me to get through a lot of stuff, but I didn't really apply myself until, really until around 10th grade in, in high school. I was very good in, in grammar school, had a little bit of, uh, you know, a gap there during my early years of, of middle school. And I went to school, but I just wasn't that interested in it. So tell and me, w growing up, did your mom read to you a lot? Did dad read to you? I mean, oh yeah. why do you think? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My, my parents valued education highly. Um, my father is a psych was a psychologist. My mother, a, a teacher, actually became a professor. Um, and education was everything in my family. Right, so I guess that's why you were so, it was boring for you because the teachers weren't at the same pace. Yeah, they I just, it just wasn't, it, it just yeah. wasn't. And then, and then uh, my parents saw how I wasn't performing well in high school uh, and they moved well, in me. In high school, but prior to that, you got really good great, grades, Yeah, right? I did great. You did great because they had supplemented anything that the, 
they were giving you more than what the teachers were giving you, it seems like. That, that's true. And I grew up in, you know, I grew up outside of Philadelphia. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was a good, I mean, I had a good education. Um, but my parents, in, when I was in 10th grade, they said, uh, we're moving you. And they moved me to uh, an Episcopalian school. I'm a Jewish guy. They moved me to an Episcopalian school because it was one of the best schools in the area. And they said, you're getting out of you know, the local area. We're going to move you out. And uh, there, I really thrived in, in, was in it that school. Co-ed. I really thrived in that school. Still you know, beating to my own drum a little bit, uh, but also... I just found the academics there, Shakespeare, and a lot of stuff that they taught there that I really liked. What about the students around you? Did you find some that were, had surpassed you? Oh, yeah, that's the other thing, that's right? Yeah, thing. That's the other thing. You need people that are role models, basically. That's right. right? In exactly. life, we all need role models. So, right. um, yeah, there were some, and some professors, and some, you know, the Hanmen Kyoshi, they say in Japanese, the, the teachers that teach you what not to do, right? There were those guys, too, where you could actually, by the time you're in 10th grade, you can kind of, you know, just decipher who's, who's decent, who's not, right? Some, some really good teachers there. And then I went on to, um, to college. And when I went on to college, I was thinking, where should I go? And I was, you know, my family was is pretty liberal, politically pretty liberal. My mom, you know, my mom started the uh, unions for adjunct professors in, in New Jersey. I mean, she's oh, amazing. What did, she get, what did she study? What did she get her... Um, she'll kill me for not remembering everything she did, okay, but, okay. but she, she was language and literature and other stuff that right. she did. She's going to kill me. Sorry, Mom. Educator. She's an educator. Okay. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, so, so when you were studying... Like I like to tell her, when she used to say, you forgot her anniversary, I go, I wasn't there, Mom. So I wasn't there when she got her degree either. So <laughs> That's a good excuse. I never thought of that. That's a good one. That's really good. So tell me this, Michael. So in high school, what did you start to focus on that you liked the most? I was... was your academics. So... I really liked English and like I really liked English and you know I took this Shakespeare class that was very it's just something that really interested me you know I, I people tell me I have the gift of gab uh, I, that's just because we're all born we, we grew up in South Jersey so we all talk like this and we move our hands around a lot like this you know um, but yeah I, I mean that was those were my strength that was my strength area uh, you know speaking with people and also logic Logic was, I was strong in logic. When it came to math, again, didn't have a lot of interest in it. I learned how to do math when I'd study for my SATs. Studied for my SATs, I said, oh, that's, I didn't know that. And I just, you know, just finally took an interest in it because I had to do it. And then I did fine, you know. So you're going so. to college and you're focusing on what now? So I went to college, I went to Antioch College. I don't know if you know Antioch. I don't but know. So Antioch is a school started by Horace Mann. I think in the 18-something, 1800s. Is it in Jersey? No, it's in Ohio. Ohio, So okay. probably the most liberal school in the United States. Uh, they came up with a lot of, they introduced a lot of interesting programs that a lot of, well, most universities today use like the co-op program. They started it where you would work half the time you were in, uh, sorry, you would go to school half the time and then the rest of the time you would be working somewhere. That's how I got to Japan the first time. Um, oh, you when that happened? I got to Japan, I was 19, 20, 19 when I first came here. So studying what? I mean, just to briefly a little bit. No, so I came here, so again, I was studying psychology, following the, my father's father, footsteps right. in undergraduate. Thought I'd become a psychologist, actually. I really liked that. Uh, and we had these co-op programs, so you never had a summer break. You were always 
work it, you're always in, in class and then you'd have the rest of the six months somewhere. So I worked in a bunch of different psych hospitals. I worked in a, in a, in a therapy program for the elderly in Philadelphia and I worked in, at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. By 19, because you said when you came here you were 19. Yeah, so. Was this after you came? Yeah, well, the first time, Washington was before I came to Japan. Okay. And then I came to Japan when I was 19. Okay, then, uh, and then the rest of the And time. when I came here, uh, it was more about just the adventure of coming to Japan. What year was that? That was 83. Okay. Oh, no, 80, yeah, 82, 83. Yeah, All right. 82, 83. So Japan was, you know, economic bubble. I came here. Uh, I had a professor, uh, his name was Harold Wright. He was one of the guys in the Keene group, you know, Donald Keene. So he was an interpreter here during the war okay. and uh, amazing, amazing guy. So he taught me Japanese. Before uh, you came? Before I came. <clears throat> at, He's the one that Antioch. built up your interest in Japan. Yeah, he built up my interest. Because in you had no interest in it prior to that. I didn't know anything about it. I wanted That's to go overseas and, and Japan. A friend of mine had also been here and then Harold said, hey, I'll teach you Japanese. And oh, wait, you wanted to go to Japan, or did you? I like just wanted to go overseas. Overseas, it didn't matter if it was Europe. No, it didn't at the matter. Time it didn't matter. America, I didn't thought matter. I'd go to the UK, but I decided okay, right. to come, to come to Japan because of the influence of these guys. Right. And Harold, who I've spoken about actually on other podcasts, but he he was an amazing, amazing professor. So he, at that time, you remember Lance? They would say, "Oh, you know, if you're a foreigner, your tongue won't you won't be able to pronounce the words because your tongue is different." You know, things like the, this. Anything. Anything. It's just too difficult. Too difficult. And this guy said, it's all bullshit. We're going to teach you. We're going to teach you. You'll be speaking good Japanese. And he did. I, my yeah, Japanese is good. Uh, well, I studied with him for about a year. I mean, that might mean six, six months, eight months before I came to Japan. Then I studied in Japan. But what I did here was I taught English like everybody else at okay. the time. Yeah. And I was here for six months. And uh, I loved it in so Tokyo? much in Tokyo. Yeah. And I loved it so much that I extended another three months because you did six months and six months so I cut into the next semester and stayed which meant I had to do you know uh, two semesters after that and and adjust it but yeah so I, that's how I got here first was it was oh, through yeah, that yeah. and I just dropped in I had nothing they taught you and that was the school was great super liberal uh, what a lot of the stuff you see now of uh, like legal pot and you know uh, LBGTQ open at those in those days we were all like well this is fine you know that's right. you know I it, it was a little bit different I think things have transpired in a way that's a little bit different than what the guys at Antioch thought at the time it would be like but it was a very liberal place so you you had to really find yourself if you didn't have strong direction for yourself you might not, you, you know half the guys ended up not doing well and half the guys ended up doing amazing things you know mm -hmm. so it's funny though they they put us together in this group in a, in a, when we first entered in this uh, dorm, and all the guys in that dorm in that particular dorm are doing like amazing things now, you know. So, so you, and the guys outside, out. like the next dorm, a you lot of them out. didn't. I don't know what happened, but they they said they were selecting us based on interests and things like that. So I guess but like they you had said, something. Your peer, your peer. I heard one um, graduation speech. And the teacher got up with one of my sons, and he got up, and I hadn't thought of it. It happened to be my last son. I have four sons. Yeah. And he said, although we try our best as parents to guide our children and, and provide the proper environments for them, they're being raised by their peer. No, for sure. And that's the first time it really hit me, because I'm thinking about all the stuff I'm doing with my sons and keeping them together. 
It really is. We're all a victim or we're all subjected to how our peers. We want to be like them. We want to dress like them. We want to talk like they do. We want to study what they study. That's true. And that's why you did well. The well, your parents you give you, they give if you're you lucky, opportunity. If you're lucky, your parents give you the structure and opportunity and the support, which, mine, which mine did. Right. Uh, they did. They taught me. They taught me. The other thing they did was they, they were very strong in education. They said, look, we'll pay for your tuition in, in college. I ended up going to graduate school after that. But they said, we'll pay for your tuition in college, but you've got to work and, and do the other things to get through it. So they didn't give me any money to, you know, to, to live. Party with, right. right, or to party with. To party with. That's right. what, not to yeah. live. They <laughs> give you enough to live. They, they, That's no, the same well, thing. No, they, really, they really said, we'll pay your tuition. We're not giving you money. You've got to work. Oh, I see. So, okay. I, I, so I, I was always a guy, since I'm little, cutting lawns and doing other things. Well, they already, you already you had know. a good ethic. So, you know. And I, I, I always look back on my father, you know, I wanted a car like all of us when we were kids. And, uh, you know, some of the guys, some of my friends were wealthy, some not. Uh, I didn't grow up in a super wealthy area of Jersey. It was, it was middle class. And, but there were some rich, wealthy, richer guys. And I remember one of my friends, his parents would just give him cars. He was, by the time he was 20, I think he probably had three or four, you know, and really nice cars. My parents were like, if you want a car, you need to work for it, you know. And I, and I got a, uh, what was that car? I, anyway, I, got a, I, I bought a car. Uh, one of my parents' friends had a car, had a big dent in the back. And uh, it was a Maverick. Remember the Mavericks? Yeah, the Mavericks. It was a of Maverick. Okay. Beautiful condition, but it had a dent in the back. And uh, the guy wanted, like, it was like, it was nothing. It was like $400 or something. And I worked doing something. You know, you're 17 in Jersey, you get a license. So I was 17, I wanted a car. So I was cutting lawns and doing the things I needed to do. And I got the money. And then I went to pay the money. And then my dad said, okay, I'll give you 200 bucks. I'll pay for half, you, you know? That's so nice. after I did the work. That's anyway, good. So. Do you feel that your father and mother were pretty equal with all three of you? I think they were. My, my parents would always say we gave, we were equitable. So they didn't, it wasn't necessarily that they gave us all the same things. They gave us what we needed for the type of guys that we That's were, I you know? We all had different strengths and weaknesses and they, they, they paid a lot of attention to So to you that. never heard that from your brothers like, oh, they treated you better than Oh, of course them. you hear that. I'm the oldest. So they, you <laughs> so know. So they know you get the best of everything. <laughs> they and think you that. And you got it first, of course. They think that. But really, they don't realize that you got to pave the way, right? right. You, you, your parents don't know how to deal with with well, kids. The You're the first time. one. You were the first, first one. Time for, right. So the other exactly. guys got a little less. I mean, they got a better parent because of you. I, I think that's true. That when, it does yeah. happen. Mom, we know if from you're watching this, kids. you were a good mom for, to me too, mom. <laughs> <laughs> we forgive you. We forgive you. We forgive you. So tell me, okay, so you go through college, then you graduate. You graduate with what kind of degree? Uh, so I had a degree in psych uh, and education. Believe so it or not, I really that. followed and I got my degree in psychology. And uh, then I came to Japan, came back to Japan. And I worked in a psych hospital. Now in you're Japan. 22. Yeah, 22. Because I, I entered college early. I was 17. So, so did I. Is that really? But but you stayed in for four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you came out. Okay. So I came out. Again, I had been anyway. in Japan, and I was in love with Japan. You know, I had my first Japanese girlfriend. I had my first. When you were 19. Here. Yeah. The first time you came. Yeah, first time I came. So six months. It didn't take you any time. So you. Well, so how long <laughs> did it take you, Lance? I would like to know. <laughs> well, I was in the military when I first came. Yeah. So my first girlfriend was off the base. So yeah. she wasn't Japanese. Oh, I see. <clears throat> and then the next one after that happened to be Chinese and American. Oh, I see. She was part. My first Japanese girlfriend, I think my first Japanese is my wife now. 
I really think that's well, if you call her that's girlfriend. That's sweet. When you say girlfriend, no, I think yeah, it really is. Yeah. I think she was the the girl. I knew other girls. Yeah. You know, I might have dated other girls, but yeah. the one that I wanted to have as my wife is my wife. But I never thought I'd marry her. Uh-huh. Because I didn't want to marry outside my race. I grew up in a in a time when we were very pro whatever you were. Yeah. And particularly being black. Yeah. So I thought I'd marry somebody with my same ethnicity. Yeah. I never th- and she said, Fine. Can I be your girlfriend until you find this person? Said, yeah, we can make that work. She is smart. <laughs> <laughs> she knew a good thing when she, when she but found it. But it was interesting. So did you, obviously. Yeah. yeah, five years, well, eight years, four months later, we got married. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting that um, your first girlfriend was over here. And that yeah. was your first Japanese girlfriend. First Japanese yeah, girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so then you, came, you come back. So I come back to Japan, and I... So when I was in the U.S. and when I was studying psychology, I worked in a, in a uh, I was accepted to a special program with postdoctorates in the Menninger Foundation, which was out in Kansas, very famous psychoanalytic institution. I was more on the behavioral side, you know, but I wanted to learn. So I went there, <clears throat> got accepted this thing. So I was working on the ward and then studying with the postdocs. These were all guys who were, were being doc- becoming doctors. Uh, so I did that for six months. And then after I graduated, I came back to Japan. I met, a guy, I met a guy during that time who was a Japanese psychiatrist. So my connection with Japan, got to know him, and uh, he gave me an introduction to a psych- psychiatric hospital in Japan. And I came here and I worked there. So I worked there for a couple of years. You mean this is the, the second time you came back? This is after I came back from graduating from college. I came back to Japan and I worked in a psych hospital. Now when you came back, did you come back with the intention that you're going to stay here for several years or for a couple of years? Look, what was I your intention? Had, listen, I had been through these co-op programs and lived in all these different places. So for me, it was just another adventure. Uh, and I, but I love Japan. I didn't plan to live here forever. I didn't no, know. All these know. other places. Outside of America? No, no, inside, no of America. inside of America. Inside yeah. of America. But, you know, we were, we were kind of trained to be able to, the, the guidance counselors in, at Antioch, there was one guy, Bud was his name, he used to say, we could drop, our, the, our, our aim is to be able to drop you in any place in the world, and within two weeks you have a job, a place to live, and, you know, this kind of thing. So that's kind of how we were trained. It was, it was a good school from, from that point of view. For me, so for some people, they didn't even, some people didn't even make it through. Right, like, I as mean, you mentioned, like right. They, so... Yeah, so I, I met this Japanese doctor, psychiatrist, and he introduced me to a psych hospital here. And I was a psych major, and I was ready. To, I was going to become a, a psychologist. So I came here, and I thought, okay. And I started working in a, on, on the ward here in uh, a place in, in um, Mitaka. And they then had a halfway house for people that were coming out of the hospital and were you know, trying to adjust to getting back into life here. So I worked there as well. That was in EKGD. What year is this now? So I graduated in 85. So this is like 85, 86, something like that. Yeah. I lived in Mitaka. Oh, did you? Kamine and Jaku. My wife Well, you were with Yokogawa? You were working, were you related to Yokogawa I didn't work with them the in Yokogawa. No, I when I moved to Ebisu, I started working with Yokogawa. Oh, I see. Okay. Because Yokogawa is there, right? They're, no, they're they? not in Mitaka. Well, um, they're in Tachikawa. But t- but they were in Tachikawa okay, at the time. Okay, okay. And then they moved to Hino. I mean, uh, Hinoshi, uh, yeah, that's Hinoshi. it. Sorry, that's what I wanted Hino, to say. Hinoshi, where they live. That's where yeah, they end sorry. up living. But same, first, they had a place. Man. Their main place was in Tachikawa. Mm-hmm. Then they had another branch they built in Hino, and 
Yeah, we were there with Yogi Medical. When they were still called Yogi Medical. Yeah, GE before GE. GE owned 75% right. of that. Right, I remember that, yeah. But nobody knew GE in Japan. Right. So they had to use Yogi Medical. Yeah. On all their scanners and everything. Yeah. So it was really interesting. All their booklets, everything. Then it started to change. Yeah. Now you can't find Yogi Medical. No, no. It's all GE. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. So go on. So you worked there. That's interesting. So yeah, Joji was the movie theater and everything. Yeah, they had all that. <laughs> so I worked. I worked in the in the hospital, more in EKGD in the halfway house. So that was a, an incredible experience. So you want to learn about Japanese norms. Be in a place where you're trying to help people get back to normal in Japan, right? So, so I talk to me. Give me some things. Well, I mean, just how people perceive people with mental illness. How or, do they perceive them? Well, in those days, not very well. So in so those meaning, days, so they'd hide a lot, you know, they'd hide it really. Okay. Um, it was shameful. I think to some degree still today, it is that way. I don't know. I'm not in that industry anymore. But uh, there was a lot of that. But I'm just talking about normal things like how to sit at the table and how to do, how to talk with people and getting a job. And so all these different aspects every day I was learning. I mean, they taught me, I think, more than I taught, oh, sorry, more Wasn't than it? I taught them. Yeah. Uh, I think I probably taught, they taught me more than I taught them, uh, you know, especially in the initial phase where I was just, you know, getting my was feet Was this all wet. in Japanese? All in Japanese, 100% Japanese, yeah. Were you the only foreigner there? Only, oh yeah, that's the only foreigner they ever brought in, yeah. They treated you with kick gloves, man. You had a good time. Well, it w yeah, it was a good experience. I yeah. mean, they... Well, especially if it's a mental hospital, they 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 feel a little empathetic for you, too. They know you're dealing well, with they, not they only... probably sense something there. Yeah, but, <laughs> no. but they, they, I, I would assume they're assuming, first of all, you're dealing with their people that have real problems. Yeah, yeah. And you're coming in with... And don't forget their mindset about Japanese at the time. That's right. The most difficult language in the world. Yeah. Well, it is you difficult. Know. I mean... It is not that... The Austrians taught them that. They came over here and started doing contests, beating Japanese in their own contest, and that study. Oh, I don't mean that. I don't mean that you can't master it. Oh yeah, they can master it. But but when you when it comes to languages, you know, when I went to grad school, which I'll talk about later, but it was in Monterey, and the Defense Language Institute is there, which is for the military. You may mean that DLI, and they always I knew a lot of guys from there, and they said that the languages were classified classified in different categories, and Japan. Japanese, Chinese, and Russian were like at the is one right? of the hard okay. ones. There's some other ones there too, but right. Japan. So it's not one of the easier languages to learn, but obviously right. we, you can learn, you know, it. You can learn. learn it. Well, now and then again, at that time, you have to think about the kind of information we had available. It was very little. Oh. So but the books, <laughs> the books we were using in those days, <laughs> the they little were, red book. Everyone had that the, as a dictionary. That's right, the little red dictionary. And then there were there were books, but they were like, like they were like copied, like, you know, mimeographed, you know, <laughs> right, right, like right, Xerox right. copies, right. Of, you know, mimeographed. That's how old they were, of like handwritten stuff. They were like handmade books for learning Japanese. Right. right, there weren't that's many. Right. That's right. There weren't many. My first, the the joke my wife and I talk about every now and then, is how I asked her out. One night I said, Niwatori ski desu ka? And she looked at me and said, mm, yes. And then I took her to Kentucky Fried Chicken and she said, this is cool. This is Niwatori, this is to the, the Tori dictionary, Niko. <laughs> but the dictionary I said, how do you say chicken? Right, so it said Niwatori. Right. There was no context other than that. You had to just go. No, and, that, world, and, so and also like, like that. a lot of the words in there, like uh, Jisho is dictionary, right? right. And, but they said Jibiki. Jibiki, right. Jibiki, everyone, everyone right. So you say Jibiki and everybody Jibiki. laughs at you because they're like, that's. That's like a word from long ago. <laughs> long, you know, long time you know. ago. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah. So I worked there, and I really 
started thinking if that's what I wanted to do. So I, I after how long? Uh, well, after no, after I was done, it was a two-year stint, and so after I was done. I thought I'd go to graduate school to be a psychologist, but I really started thinking, what do I want to do? So I went back to the U.S. and I spent one year, uh, moved in with my high school, not, not even high school, he, we grew up across the street from each other. Uh, he, he had a house, he had just bought a house, really nice log cabin in, in New Jersey, but it don't, this isn't like the countryside, okay? But there was an area uh, that was in the old days more of a retreat area for people to go, like have a second house. So very close to Philly too. He bought a house there, Rancocas Woods is what it's called. So he bought a house there and he said, yeah, you can, you can uh, rent, rent a room from me. So we lived together for a while and I took through everything away that I had done and I became a waiter for a year. I waited tables. Well, what was the reason? Well, the, the reason was I, I just wanted to kind of think, what did I really, where did I really want to go? What did I really want to do? And so I took that respite and I spent time with my family, with my friends uh, and you know, I, I, did, I had a decent education before that. I'd done other work. So I was the waiter of the month quite a few times. <laughs> well, that happens, right? <laughs> Here I am, you know, on, on the path to, I didn't know, but I felt right. on the path to greater things. But I just uh, actually learned a hell of a lot about customer service when you do waiting on tables. What did right? mom and dad have to say about it? Oh, they were fine. They, they, they watched me find my way. They, they were fine with that. They like having me close by, too. Bad they bad thought they, they were going to lose me did. to Japan. <clears throat> they did eventually. Uh, they didn't lose me, but you know, I didn't. Right. I, I ended up coming here and staying. So, did that, and then finally, I, I kind of the way I, I was taught about analyzing things, and I put all these things and the pros and cons, and what I like to do and what I don't like to do, and I put all this stuff together, and I found. I said, "Well, I love Japan, right?" and uh, I do uh, the waiting waiter stuff too. I was looking at how the businesses are running. I said, I, you know, I actually like business. I think I can do this. So I found a university called the Monterey Institute of International Studies out in California. It's now uh, been acquired by a different university, but amazing place, cutting edge language and cultural teachings, basically. So they had different schools in the, in the graduate program. One was uh, international policy studies. These mm -hmm. guys are all going to the UN. They had an interpretation, um, simultaneous interpretation school, also going to the UN or, or working. Professors like the, one of the professors who told me was Nakasone's interpreter. Really high level people. Uh, so I only applied to one school for my MBA and that was it, Monterey. Yeah, no uh, plan there was another one, Thunderbird, you may have heard of Everyone that. Knows about so Thunderbird, Thunderbird and Monterey are kind of like rival schools. Okay. Uh, and not in a bad way, but they're kind of offering kind of similar stuff. So I just applied. I looked at Thunderbird. I said, I don't want to live there. It's too hot. Uh, California's better. So I applied there, got in, and uh, ended up studying, uh, getting my MBA in international management, marketing, and then you study Japanese at the graduate level. So that's where I really did well in, in Japanese, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Tell me, what is it, you say you loved Japan, you started to love it. Yeah. Name the things you loved about it. Well, in the initial days, it was really the cultural stuff. I, I just loved, I was reading all the books, you know, and I was visiting the temples and the famous places. And I, I guess this is something from my dad, coming back to, to you know, how your parents influence you. Uh, so my father was 
he loved history, he loved geology. He was a, I'd, I'd call him an amateur fossil hunter, but he actually was pretty professional. I mean, he, he did lectures and did other things on, on that. Uh, but we used to go with him to all these places, right? And we lived outside of Philadelphia, which for the US is one of the older places, right? So we'd go to these historic places. And I, I, I gained an appreciation when I was young for history and, you know, the amazement of going into a place that's hundreds of years old, and in Japan, sometimes thousands, thousands, you know, thousands, thousands of, years. of years old. So that, that it was amazing to me, and everything being new, and also the challenge. I, 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 I like challenges, so I, you know, learning the language and trying to communicate with people and trying new foods and trying all this stuff. I just loved it. I just loved it. I, yeah, and made a bunch of friends. Uh, Did you have any things that were drawbacks for you here? I didn't have like a real longing for, you know, things from the U.S., but every once in a while you did, like you want to eat a burger or, you know, <laughs> and those days it was not easy or, it was not. It was you know, or you want, you, it wasn't like now where you can, you know, turn on the, you know, everything's translated and in those days, even the train signs, right, it was hiragana. That's right. You know, on the, That's on right. the main lines, maybe That's they right. had uh, Romanji, but... Like if you went out on but the Kyosen or the Otaku-sen. If you went anywhere outside of Tokyo, anywhere outside this ward basically, yeah. it became all Japanese. It was all Japanese. Japanese. All, all Japanese. Japanese. You wouldn't see any English. Um, no, you wouldn't see any English. And even Nomaji. So you go to a right. train station. If right. you didn't know Hiragana you or Katakana, done. you were dead. You know, <laughs> And that, you know, that wasn't enough. But at that time, you had, you had to know. Right. See, it was like you know, sink or swim, right? You had to you know, you had to know it. You had to do it. So... Uh, yeah, every once in a while, you know, you miss something. Uh, you know, I was got tired of watching the Dirty Dozen every every. You know, that used to be like I don't know why they love that movie in <laughs> they Japan. Did, they did. And you had, we had this, I had the little radio. You know, they had the bilingual. You could get it on FM, right? That's right, right. So they you'd watch the TV That's and right, you turn on the FM radio. and They had this bilingual channel and you get that it would be set that. with the not everything. Not, that not was everything. only for a few shows, right? Then you get it in English, right? And you get it in English. And then you had the Japan Times was the only English, you know. In the weekend. And, yeah. In the weekender, yeah, that's, that's true. Right. Uh, but the Japan Times was, you know, to find anything, find an apartment to do anything. What I did dislike about Japan was the prejudice that you experience in Japan. So if you're we'll take, on your yeah. own, okay. you want to go get an apartment or you want to get work. I mean, work, yeah, if you want to teach English, it's fine. But it wasn't <laughs> easy, you know. I mean, you go to an apartment... I remember going, I spoke Japanese pretty well at the time, trying to get an apartment, and you just walk up to the Fudosan, you know, to the um, real estate agent, and you get to the door and they just go like this. Right. <clears throat> and that was very common. You, uh, they had signs, you know, in very bad English in some of the areas, you know, no foreigners. Right. Later on, in those days, yeah. they were like shocked yeah. that anybody was walking in that was That's not right. Japanese. That's right. That's right. So that kind of prejudice, which unfortunately still is underlying in Japan, as we know. Um, that kind of prejudice is, is something that, you know, growing up in Jersey, I experienced sometimes because I'm a Jewish guy growing up in a non-Jewish area, so I grew up, you know. But you knew the good areas that were Jewish too. They had some very wealthy areas. Uh, well, we had some good, sure. of course we had, like I grew up next to Cherry Hill, but I grew up in an area that wasn't. So, right. you know, I, I, I had my share. It was all Irish and Italian. And, okay. you know, so I had my share of, yeah. of uh, prejudice towards, of course, you, know, of you know, this kind of thing, which was, which was ex an experience, but it was nothing like coming here, you know. For you, yeah. For me. Well, that's the one thing I liked about Japan, I think. 
if you weren't Japanese, and let's not excluding other Asians, yeah. if you weren't Japanese, they basically treated you the same, plus they had a little animosity towards white Americans yeah. because they dropped two bombs on them yeah. that not everyone agreed was necessary. <laughs> so, so you probably <laughs> experienced that. Uh, for where, where are you talking about? The U.S.? No, no. Oh, yeah, all the I, time. No, I mean, <laughs> in the U.S., yeah. No, I'm saying what are you, talking about? you experience in the U.S. So I often say that, like, running, you know, I run I a business now. people get here and they'd ask me, the thing that used to tickle me so much, Michael, is guys, yeah. white guys particularly, would come to me, that's how you treat it. Yeah. And I said, well, well you, you're getting your little panties burned a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get a little tight there? So I, they wouldn't know I how I'm treated. True. I said, guess what? This is what I would say just to frustrate them a little bit more. Yeah. When was the last time you heard some country and western? Never. Yeah, yeah. All soul music. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. When you go into the clubs, they danced like I danced. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see anybody doing square dancing. It was just really interesting for me. Yeah. But when you got into business, yeah. all of a sudden it changed again. Oh, yeah. They never saw black people in business. Yeah. No, that's right. Well, even in my, I mean, I, uh, you know, I run a company now. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, so I don't want to make I don't want to make it sound that Japan is all you know everything well, everything's like that. But in those days, especially, and you're still to some degree today, you were either looked down upon or you looked they put you on a pedestal. It was not you couldn't come to this 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 happy you know just normal like let's sit down and talk. Michael, wouldn't you think that's because also you've learned how to navigate and you yeah. vibrate different now. Yeah, any foreigner coming over here. If they vibrate the, the way they do in their own country here, they're going to feel what you felt when you first came. Yeah, that's true. Unless that's true. you learn, we sit differently, we move differently, we know our timing's different, yeah. we know what to expect, and we have something that all Japanese respect, history here. Mm, that's true, too. Yeah. That I can tell you, my brother was just visiting. He's a great guy, but he's, you know, he's a Jersey guy. He came over, and, he came and he's like, like a why, are they why are they bowing to me, man? You know, I'm like, well. He's taking offense. Yeah. Like, so you know, they're trying to do something with well, my pockets. Exactly. Well, they take something you from You know, he's hand. shocked that you could just leave your stuff on the table, you know. He uh, says, nobody's told us. Hey, nobody wants this phone. Is this a real phone? What's up here with this? No, really? No, so, yeah. So, I felt that I, I realized, I mean, I've been here forever, almost 40 years. Is this his first years. time coming? No, he's been here, but he hasn't been here for almost 30 years. So. Oh, wow. That's so it, it was a big difference for him. But still, uh, I just realized, you know, how I've lived here so long. You, you just, you know, we're, we... You know how to navigate. We know how to navigate. That would right. be the word. You have more culture. I tell people this. When I used to interview a lot of people, I'd say, ah, you'll have culture shock. Say, yes, no, let me finish. You'll have culture shock after you've lived here for a year and go back to wherever you came from mm, back in sure. the world and realize what you learned to put up with. Oh, for sure. Because as far as service goes, no one beats this country. Oh, no, 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 that's for sure. You'd have to be blind. You have to like, the people like, some people like jumping in mud and like having things taken from them and love the, you know, <laughs> being shot in the leg. They like, some, they, are, they like the excitement. Maybe I'm making it a little bit too, too, too extreme examples, but they like being on the edge. They like the, the, that air of uncertainty. I don't. So, <laughs> what I, I mean, to speak to that, I think a lot of it has to do right now is the, well, first of all, I'm, again, talking with my brother, I'm amazed at what has become the norm and accepted now in the U.S. Uh, you know, it's not that they, they want it or they desire it or that they like it, but, you know, my, my niece is telling me how she walks through Philly and there are guys with needles in their arms and some of them are dead, possibly, some of them are dead, uh, how... You know her catalytic converter is stolen, and her, her, her the uh, the mail slot it's made out of metal is taken off of her door. You know, 
and, and carjackings and gun shootings and all this stuff, which people live with. And, and it's not that they want it, it, it's that they learn how to tolerate it. And when you're here, you don't, there, we have our share of, of issues for sure. But it's not, it's uh, not but the, close. The, it's not close. I, w I was looking it up actually when I was with my brother and I think Japan incarcerated people. Japan has like 40,000, 50,000. America has 1.8 million. And they mostly look like me. <laughs> That's also true. <coughs> so That's so, also and, true. And it doesn't matter. Not as dapper though, I think. But it's, it's, no, but it wouldn't matter. No, I remember um, it, it's, it's a whole different dynamic whole different dynamic yeah. and it's interesting but to be over here I think there's two types of foreigners in all fairness you have those that are surviving and those that are thriving yeah you don't want to come over here and try to survive no no that's wrong not country that's right that's right <laughs> wrong country to come to survive because we're telling you how it's to live here as a as a thriver if right. you're thriving here you couldn't find a better. you can be wearing a mink coat Walk down Tokyo, nobody's going to spray it, say a thing to you about it. No, that's true. You could pull up in a Rolls Royce, park in front of a convenience store. It could be in convertible. Have money in the back. Yeah. Bags full of it. Yeah. Keep it running. Take your coffee inside. Watch a ma read a magazine from cover to cover. They'll thank you when you come in, thank you when you leave. And you didn't, it's from Starbucks, throw it away. Your car will still be running. Money will still no, be no, there. No, that's true. No. What? City in the world, Michael, in the world, yeah. with no guards, no could you go to and do that? I think it's true, and I think, but, 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 Lance, to be fair, the, there is a, an increase in, in robberies, and there's an increase, you know, we have some friends who were, who were murdered recently right. in Japan, right, uh, right, right. you know, but, that, but that that's, it's an anomaly, it and it's, most it's an anomaly, is. and it's, 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 the murders in Japan are mostly related to, fa well, I think everywhere, but mostly related to family, family related That's things. Right, right. Um, so there are those rare cases in Japan, but it doesn't, it pales in comparison. And Japan is this way. They're like the beehive or the wasp hive. They look so peaceful outside, but if you stick a stick up there and myrtles go up and you go like this, yeah. they will come out, <laughs> it will come out like they did for a certain group of people that they had here in the 90s they were selling drugs oh, and stuff oh, in Harajuku in, in Wino, where they stopped, them, stopped yeah, them from yeah. dancing and stuff no yeah. this is in Harajuku oh in Harajuku Down, they used to be able to dance in the streets every Sunday yeah oh I remember that yeah they stopped all that yeah. because these guys the rockabilly stuff. guys right I'm not going to yeah. say which, which country they were from yeah. they were here all of a sudden boom they were gone yeah Japan will play that way and all the crime that's done here they will blame it on the increase of foreigners yeah they do do that all the time. I don't care how Japanese a person looks. Yeah, they do do that. <laughs> uh, but so, but so you know, the whole world's changing. So we, we got the world changing, and there, Japan is not you know immune to that. So no, the economy, you know, some people the haves and have-nots, like everywhere, are increasing in Japan. The have-nots are you know looking to survive. So there's more. There, there are more robberies. Uh, I I lived in Osaka for 20 years, and Osaka. Before I, w well, I was in Tokyo, then went to Osaka, and then came back to Tokyo. But um, Osaka in the, what, what year was that? <coughs> 90, 94. I had a house there. Woke up one morning. My wallet was gone in my house. And I searched, searched and searched and searched and couldn't find my wallet. And I searched a whole day. I went and retraced my steps and all this stuff. And then I, I said, nah, I gotta search one more time in the house. So I searched in the house and I opened up the window in the kitchen and there's a little hole in the glass 
they had just put a little hole, tapped the, the lock open, took off their <clears throat> shoes, came in the house, just found my wallet, took the wallet and left. Didn't take anything else. So happens here too. I've been, I've been robbed twice. No, have you? Yeah. 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 So they didn't do what the police say they used to do in the old days. But they only took what they, that was valuable. Yeah. They took all the jewelry I bought my wife. So yeah. all those... All those memories were just gone. Yeah, yeah. you know, and um, money. That was it. Yeah. They touched so, nothing else. Yeah, I just I just mentioned these things because I don't like to paint Japan as like a, a, no, a, a, a utopia. Yeah, human, it's human but, beings. But, That's but what we, we have we have our share. We have our share. Anything human beings can do or do is done here. Yeah, it's just not done. It's well, let me see. There's something. It's not done in the numbers. But even if it were, they do not publicize it. That's true too. They will not talk about it. They still have news where you don't even get to see the outline of the person. They say it was over there. Yeah, <laughs> they blur out true. everything. They don't traumatize their people. That's true. That's true. You have to go out of your way to find that. I mean, it's a little easier because it's a little more hom homogeneous here. It is, so it's it is. a little easier. People have. Well, but well, we but can say that. No, Korea doesn't. Do, Korea is not true. the same way. So true. China does. That's no, true. No, I used to do a lot of business in Scandinavia. China. That's true. Scared me to death. Yeah, that's true. Those people, shoot. They're. <laughs> That's the America in Asia. Yeah. Well, they say Korea is like the Ita Italy of Asia. Oh, yeah, but China is like the America of yeah, Asia. Yeah, that's true. No, that's oh. true. That's true. Anyway, so you've been over there too, so you know. So oh, I've been all those. So right. I'll, I'll go on a little bit yeah, about please, more about please, what please I've do. done, or not what I've done, but just kind of the, the, the continuation, the you know. Sure. Um, so where was I? Uh, oh, with through college. So when you came over here. So okay. So that. So then, I came back, and then I went back. Now I'm waiting tables. Then I went to graduate school. Right. So after graduate school at that time, so now it's 90, it's 90, 1990. Japan's still hot, right? Whenever, whatever you'd like. I, uh, I'd like to have you on twice. Okay, that's fine. I want to do that. That's so let's, let's, let's wrap up. Let's go to the part when you talked about college. So you finished college. You came over here. You went to Osaka. You came back. So well, this is before you started your business because your business No, no, be Osaka, Osaka, Osaka was... Later, so I'll just get you up okay, to okay. up to there. So I worked in the psych hospital. Went back. I'm in the. I'm working in the as a waiter, and I decided to go to grad school. I go to grad school, get my MBA in international management, Japanese and marketing, and then I start looking for a job. Uh, and I at that time, you know, here I am, MBA, speak fluent Japanese. It wasn't hard. To find a job, and I had all these offers, tons of offers from all these different places. I worked Doing hard though. To do what? Well, to work. I, I had a I had a strategy of either working for a Japanese company in the U.S. or working for a foreign company in Japan. That's that was my strategy, and I just wrote to everyone and anyone, and you know my my it's it's, it's my relentless you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing, so I wrote to anyone and everyone, and I wrote. I had offers from like Applied Materials Japan and uh, some consulting companies and I got an offer from Toyota. So Toyota had never hired foreigners in Japan. This was like really early on. And I through someone I know, they got me an interview. I got in for an interview. Oh, this isn't because of your writing. It had nothing, Not to, do with no nothing to do with that. I just okay. I contacted them through through these guys and they invited me in and I sat there in this room. It, it's like a movie, I swear. There, I know. You know, you walk into this giant room in the Toyota headquarters, and there's like five guys with gray hair standing in front, and there's a chair in front, and you sit down, and they go, so why do you want to work for Toyota? It's all in Japanese, too. Why do you want to work for Toyota? And what do you know about Toyota? And all this stuff. Anyway, I passed. They, they offered me a job. 
Um, doing what? So they offered me a job. I, they don't tell you what they're going to do because in those days, you know, working for a big company like Toyota, they tell you, they say you're hired, then later on they tell you what you do. It's the Japanese style. So I, okay, the good, I got Toyota under my belt. And then I had some other things. I wrote to Ergen Zender, you know Ergen Zender. Yes. So Ergen Zender is a company that would hire you and me now, okay? The, the Ergen Zender is a company that deals with like executives, guys with a lot of experience. I was just out of grad school, I didn't know, but I just was writing to headhunters, I was writing to everybody. And by chance, my letter, in those days, just a let, it's a letter in those days. Uh, by chance, my letter arrived on a day that a guy from Sharing, which is now Bayer, Bayer Pharmaceuticals, a guy who was working the applied, he was head of applied materials here in, in uh, Japan, and he happened to, he was looking for an assistant. And he came in, and this guy goes, you know, I got this, we can't do anything with this resume, but you might be interested in this guy. And he handed it to this guy, and that guy happened to be going to California for a conference. I was still in Monterey, and he was going to Southern California. So he, he called me up, uh, oh, you know, he wrote back to me, it was a letter, I got another letter, hey, I'm coming to California, would you be able to meet me? So, you know, LA and, and Monterey, pretty far away. I said, yeah, of course. So I remember I, he was in Anaheim, and I remember a friend of mine drove me all the way down to LA, and I sat with this guy, I was in a suit, you know, this guy's at a conference in like a polo shirt, so I walk in, and uh, we really hit it off. And I really liked the guy and I really wanted to work with him. And he said, Mike, I'm gonna hire you. I said, okay, great. So he didn't get back to me for, for some time. They had with some- some time? Well, I don't know. And this whole thing was going on as maybe, maybe four or five months, you know, cause I started okay, okay. early, okay, so four or five months. Toyota hasn't gotten back to me about what the job's gonna be. A couple other companies have gotten back to me, Applied Materials, Japan, and some other places. Uh, and uh, I, I picked the date I'm going to make my decision. Well, how did you end up in California? Because you were in Monterey. Japan. Monterey is where well, graduate school. Yeah, graduate okay, school was in California. But you applied with Toyota. I applied. For, I came over in between. Uh, I, oh, I, sorry. Okay. After I during I graduated, I came back to Japan for a few months to start searching for work. Oh, and that's when you saw Toyota. And before I came, yeah, that's when I saw Toyota. And okay. before I came, I was also. Sending out feelers to all these right, different people. It was, it was a whole process right, to find okay, a job. So now I got Toyota. The guys from Sharing said they want to hire me, but I haven't heard from them. Right. I've got some other jobs. I, I had like six or seven offers. So but you only met one guy from Sharing. That's the guy only that one you guy, see. The guy that I saw. Was he the president? At he the was time? The, the head of the division okay, at that okay. time. Right. They later consolidated. And it turns out that's why he didn't get back to me because they were consolidating and he the job he was going to offer me was disappearing, but he still wanted to hire me. So the day came, I hadn't heard from Toyota about where I'm going to be. I hadn't heard from Sharing, which is a company I really wanted to go to. I heard from these other companies. So I made a decision I was going to go to this consulting company. And the day came, I said, okay, this is the day I'm making my decision, whether these guys would give me, because they're waiting six, five, six months to give me the answers, you know. So I call up this consulting company and I say, okay, I'm gonna join you. I go, great, Mike, okay, cool. We'll, we'll have you flown to Japan. I was still in the, you know, I wasn't back in the US for doing all this. We'll fly to Japan, here's how it's gonna be. Okay, great. And that night, Sharon called. <laughs> so Sharon calls and goes, yeah, Mike, listen, we're really, I'm really sorry. Uh, so we've had this consolidation and we wanna offer you a job. And I'm like, okay, oh shit. 
Because the same day, really. Same day. Okay. Same day. Toyota still hasn't called, by the way. Okay. I'll tell you that in a second. So, so we get we. So I sp I said okay, thanks. I didn't tell him that I just accepted another job a couple hours ago, and I thought about it overnight. And I woke up in the morning and I said, I'm taking that job. With so, sharing. With sharing. So I called the other guys up the next day and said, I'm sorry. I know I just told you I'm going to come, but I'm not. I'm going to go. I decided another job. And that launched my career. But you knew, you knew the, did you know how much you were making in each one of these jobs? Yeah, I mean, the conditions were, conditions were good in all of them. All of them were uh, good. They were all and to Sharing's credit, when I arrived, the conditions, so they gave me conditions on paper. When I arrived, they, the conditions, they just increased them so much more than above okay, what they Okay, so they did more they, above. They did more they above right. because they really wanted me to do certain things. So For how long? Two-year contract? Oh, no. that I ended up working for them for forever. But how long was the contract, though? The first contract? Was it a yearly contract? Uh, it, it may have been. I don't remember yeah, that. I think it was like a two- or three-year contract yeah, initially. So. Okay. Um, but I became a, you know, I was on, eventually, you know, on the on the executive committee. What did you do? And all that stuff. Uh, I started in business development, uh, searching for new pro new projects and new products and new companies. Now they're uh, in the metal, what, what, what kind of business are they So in? this was, so they had consolidated, so now it's pharma. Right, pharma, pharma. Business. but what did they do prior to that? Well, they had a pharma division, but they had other divisions. So you're right? doing pharmaceuticals. So now right? I'm into pharmaceuticals, yeah. I work At for pharma. Time. Yep. So I work for pharma. Having no experience in that field whatsoever. Not in pharma, no. No, of course you but I was, I was, but I, but I knew how to navigate Japan. So what was your title? Uh, at that time, I was. Oh, they, they were trying to get you. They were trying to break this market. Well, they were already here. I know, but they were they trying to expand further? Expand further. Expand, okay. But they sharing had a long history in Japan. I think they've been here since the early, early in the century, last okay. century. Right. Um, so, let me before I talk about that for a second. So now, another month passes by, and Toyota calls, and they go. Okay, so Mike, uh, we're going to put you in Tokyo in European marketing. You're going to do marketing for Europe. And I go, listen, guys, uh, I've been waiting like six months to hear from you. I didn't really get into it. I just said, no, I'm sorry. I, took, I just said I took another job. And I remember clearly the guy goes, Mr. Bobroth, we are Toyota. You know? <laughs> I said, I know you're Toyota. <laughs> But I like this other but, guy. But you know, and and it's about and and, too. I, and also, I think it, it, going to Toyota might have been amazing for me because might it, not it have been might too. not have been. Don't know because it's people. It's about the people. It's, it's about, not the, about people. the name. That's and right. You met someone who you liked. That's right. I met someone who I liked. Yeah. So I worked there. And worked uh, for how long was that again? That you I work worked there. I was in sharing. They got acquired by Bear later on, but I worked for them for 14, 14 years. No. Yeah, for 14, 15 working years. Your, working, your, working your way up to where? So I started in this, in this group, uh, which was like an office that was, it was an office that was reporting to uh, a division head. And then the president saw what I was doing, and within like two years, he's like, okay, I want you to open up, the, I want an office connected directly to me. And we started doing licensing and business development, and it was an office for the board and a lot of other stuff. So, wow. so and then I ended up being, you know, being an executive there, and you know, working in pharma, doing a big project to restructure the the marketing and sales team, um, 
leading that project. That kind of launched me into it. That was done in, with Boston Consulting, so I, I really learned a lot from them, and I also had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of authority within the organization to make decisions. They basically said, Mike, you're going to make the decisions because we don't want, you know, I had to bring them to the, to the committee, but they're like, we'll take your recommendations because you're, you're going to be in the deep of it. And it was a whole cleaning of, you know, some guys that weren't doing well, some guys that were doing they did, well. They did it, um, and bringing in a younger generation, that was the, a big part of it, was, was getting in front of the young guys to come up. Time, um, what I want to do is <coughs> I want to end here because I'm going to have you back on yep. soon. Yep. This is going to be the first time I've done this. Yep. We're going to take it from there. We'll remember where we're at now. We're going to go further because we go, we're we almost intertwined because of our businesses. That's true. That's true. We're going to go through that part too. Okay, sounds but good. But before we end this part, I'd like to yep. end by asking a question I ask everyone. Yep. If you could go back in time, Michael, yes. and meet the young Michael, yes. and give him advice based upon what you know now, yep. how old would that Michael be and what advice would you give him? How old would he be? Yes. And what advice oh, would you oh, give him? Uh, you know, maybe study a little harder in, when I was in my younger years in high school. And yeah, that probably would be it. And also maybe participate in, I did sports, you know, a lot of sports in our neighborhood and stuff, but to participate in more organized sports. Okay. I, I think I would have liked, I think I would have thrived there and I, 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 like, I like sport now. I think in high school I should have gone back to myself and said I would go back to myself and say, join the wrestling team. Or the, I don't know about the football. I played football for a little while, but join the wrestling team or the football team, and uh, study math a little harder. And when you're younger, you know, I think those would be, that would be the thing. Michael, yeah. thank you so much. No, thanks, Lance. We're gonna yeah. come back. You're gonna come back on. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll do it soon, and maybe even this month. You'll come back on. My pleasure. We'll do it and yeah. set it up for a second time, yeah. and we'll start from this point and go forward. Sounds good. Thanks. I want to thank all of you for watching and listening. And remember, or never forget, it's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>